Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. My sincere thanks to listeners and those who have liked, subscribed, and commented. Your interest is noticed and deeply appreciated. On a recent podcast, I mentioned that some practitioners quit shortly after being promoted to Shodan, or Black Belt. One of the reasons is that people are hesitant to become instructors. Today's topic is going deeper into teaching what you've learned as a martial artist and just how valuable it can be not only to your practice group, but to you, the student. When we start martial arts training, there's no thought whatsoever of teaching. We come into our training like a dry sponge with the intention of soaking up as much knowledge as we can. That is, unless there's an existing ego problem where we think we already know a lot. I have seen beginning students who do have this problem. They don't tend to learn as much and often quit within weeks because their fragile ego cannot handle being shown how much they don't know or understand. Most students start out with a good attitude, which is that they lack knowledge but are in a class to learn. This attitude is perfect to start out with, and it's best to keep it as your experience level grows, but only to a point. If you resist sharing what you have learned with others, you will gradually grow into a selfish student. I'm not talking about somebody who is training for six months who struts around the dojo like Mr. Big Shot, telling everybody else that they're doing it wrong. Someone like that is obviously a problem. I'm referring more to students who have been training for a few years, perhaps they're at brown belt level, but who still lets their partners do technique incorrectly without helping them. They might do so because they do not have a black belt or are not an official instructor yet. Often they feel they should not advise others until they get more experience. Not sharing what you know is not helping less experienced instructors, the practice group, or themselves. To be fair, it might be that the dojo actually has strictly forbidden anyone except the instructor leading the class from doing any teaching. It's just my opinion, but this old school practice is outdated and ineffective. Why do I say that? Because it's frustrating to a young student who is struggling with a technique to get no input or guidance from an experienced practitioner. If I was working with someone who I knew could help me but chose to remain silent, I would feel something is wrong. The senior practitioner surely knows what I'm doing wrong and probably has a solution for me but is not sharing it. They are not interested in helping others or have no interest in seeing me improve. If no seniors will help newer students when they clearly need it, the struggling students will wonder why they keep coming back if they're not getting adequate guidance. I think the nature of the problem is evident in that scenario, as is the resulting poor culture in a dojo which practices this way. You couldn't make a better recipe for students to lose interest in training if you tried. A dojo has a positive culture when all students are invested in helping other students as they are in building their own skills. If you are an intermediate or advanced student, there's nothing wrong with being a little shy about offering input. None of us want to give bad advice to someone, but it happens. The important part is that you do the best you can to show good mentorship by trying to help somebody who is having trouble. Show that you are interested in their improvement. If you feel that your instructor might not be supportive of this idea, ask them about it in private and seek their permission first. The last thing you want to do is show disrespect for your instructor but it's very likely they will be supportive of you helping students who are struggling. Helping your training partner is the first step in learning to get comfortable teaching. As Uke, you have more to do than just be a pretend attacker. You should be analyzing what Nage is doing and feeling for ways that they could improve. Even if you don't offer advice to your partner, reflecting on what is working well and what is not will give you good food for thought on how to improve your own technique. Far more valuable is the trust and camaraderie you will build with your training partners when you are fully engaged in helping them grow. This builds tremendous bonds in a practice group. A further step into this realm is to help a fellow student prepare for a belt exam. Newer students look to seniors for guidance and are very appreciative when they get it. 
rather like a big brother or sister who helps their younger sibling. Don't overlook this for the sake of your own shyness. Probably the most notable objection I've heard from many students is that they don't feel knowledgeable enough to guide a new student. I went through this very same thing. My instructor imparted a valuable perspective to me. He said, if you know one thing, teach that one thing. You don't have to know everything to help somebody who knows less than you do. This simple nugget of wisdom made me appreciate that someone who is new might just need one simple adjustment to help them, and one that I might be familiar with. It did not matter that I was not an expert or a full instructor yet. They just needed a little help, and I had enough experience to help them out. The other thing I realized was that even full instructors with high ranks make mistakes. They teach things which at some point may very likely get updated when they come across something better. The ego-driven instructor will try to brush this under the rug and pretend they knew better all along. I find it far better to make it clear to students that the journey of learning is constant and that nothing we learn or teach is set in stone. We might find a better way in the future, and when we do, we will change to improve it. All martial artists are on the journey together. It is just that some are a little farther along than others. Those who are do well by sharing what they've learned. If you find some pleasure and fulfillment in helping your training partner, then growing your teaching skills and becoming an instructor will be interesting and satisfying. Granted, it's not for everyone. Sure, there are some talented teachers out there, but being a good teacher is not imprinted in your DNA. A good teacher has two important things which make them good. One, they care about their students and have a driving interest in their success. And two, they practice teaching. No one is good at teaching unless they practice it. That's rather like the art itself, isn't it? You would laugh at someone who started Aikido and in a month or two decided they aren't good at it so they never will be. The same thing goes for teaching. It requires desire and practice. The finest teacher I ever ran into was an inspiration to me. He could watch a fighter for a minute or two and analyze what he was doing. Then he could easily determine the very next thing that the fighter needed to take his game to the next level. In every case, it was a seemingly small adjustment, but it made a huge difference. It was like a light bulb went off in their head. He could do this with beginners, intermediate, and advanced students just as easily. It was amazing, and I wanted to be able to do the very same thing. You don't build extraordinary skill haphazardly or by accident. You are not inherently talented or untalented with skills like this. It takes drive and dedication over time to build these skills, and it certainly can be done. Teaching classes can seem like a daunting prospect. How do you plan and organize classes if there's not a lesson plan in place already? Some dojos might have lesson plans, but my dojo didn't, and I suspect that most don't. At best, a head instructor might choose a general principle or topic that he or she wants to see students work on for a period of time. In my case, my instructor gave me a class and just told me to teach. Being rather nervous, I spent days planning out exactly what I was going to teach, and I picked a handful of techniques that shared a certain principle. I felt that this was cohesive and would make sense to students. When the class came, I taught the first technique from my list, but then noticed something a few students were struggling with. I instantly abandoned my plan in favor of working on exercises and techniques that helped the students improve the aspect that they needed to work out. And this was the first and last time I went into class with a full-on plan. The military has a saying, no plan survives first contact with the enemy. I found the same thing in teaching. No lesson plan survives first contact with students. If you stay to your plan, you will fail at addressing their greatest need. A good teacher connects with their students and gives them what they need next. Another aspect to teaching is a personal one. 
Students will challenge you and your understanding the most. Plan on getting surprised by the simplest and most directive questions that you may have a difficult time answering. It happens to every instructor. This is an opportunity for you to solidify your understanding. Students will come up with questions you probably never thought of, and that's a good thing. I can't stress this next point enough. It's far better to answer, I don't know, than try to make something up on the fly to appear knowledgeable. At first, it might seem that providing a, an answer is a good idea, but it isn't. In the long run, students will know when you're making stuff up. Remember, a good teacher knows his students, but also a good student knows his teacher too. Never show disrespect to your students by underestimating their intelligence or perceptiveness. You will not command their respect by doing this. You can always answer, that's a good question. I just don't have an answer for that. But I will find out and I'll get back to you. Or you could say, let's find an answer together. These also build bonds of trust between a teacher and a student. Just as when you're a student, being challenged strengthens you as a teacher. When you find a solid answer to those questions, your understanding is far stronger than it was. If you avoid teaching, you will rob yourself of this valuable learning experience. If you really feel you are not cut out to teach, well, that's fine. I'll say frankly that some people should not teach. However, don't let your shyness or introversion be the sole reason you don't want to be a teacher, even if it is to help your partner for a few minutes. You'll find some great things when you can help somebody improve. These are the blessings of teaching and how getting good at teaching makes you better. What other topics are you interested in hearing covered in this podcast? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube. You can also go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall side and post a comment. Your input and engagement helps podcasts like these stay around. Please support it by liking, subscribing, and sharing. Enjoy your training and your teaching.